0: Everyone, I'm very excited to interview Sabu Francis. he's is founder of Lumen Labs and SyncSpace. One thing which uh, makes me very proud, like uh, like looking at Sabu's uh, journey and like developing a whole software coming out like uh, in the BIM environment and making it open source and like thinking about that uh, development, uh, uh, it, it's like very ahead of its time. And also, it's my first IIT alumni interview. So uh, Mr. Sabu did undergrad uh, at IIT KGB. And I can't wait also to uncover some of the IIT uh, Hostel Day stories. But uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Sabu, to be on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) Uh, uh, Just call me Sabu, Mr. Rinald, not needed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, tell me, shoot.
0: Yeah, so can you like uh, walk us through like what were the initial seed uh, for uh, developing Tail? Like what what were the limitations and how this idea of this uh, came up?
1: Okay, so it came up. Uh, I was uh, one of the earliest associate for Hafiz Contractor. Those days, Hafiz had just eight. Uh, we were just eight of us. It was a nice working at my, uh, atmosphere and very very fast moving office and as you may be knowing uh, Hafiz is today India is one of the leading architects and p- commercially pretty successful uh unfortunately he's really not known for you know one of those a lot of academicians for example don't particularly like him and uh, which is very unfortunate Hafiz is actually a very knowledgeable architect and uh, but there was a mismatch which I have seen this is way back I think both of you were uh, just dreams in your mother's eyes i think those days. <laughs> this is way way back more than 30 uh, i joined him in 84 85 like that so that's quite some years back 35 36 years back so so what happened is uh, i just come out of iit and and i'm experiencing this this Quite a different architect, frankly. When I look back, it was an amazing serendipity. And the thing is, though, being very talented, very knowledgeable and a bunch of really nice guys uh, working very hard and, you know, very sincere to whatever we want to deliver. And we had all kinds of crazy conversations about design and everything, all sincerity, everything. But still, finally, the end result is not many times not really up to the mark so in that respect i can understand the academicians and uh, you know theoreticians and all the intellectuals mm-hmm. saying that oh not contractor he's just a commercial <laughs> <architect>. <laughs> uh, and he's not really an architect uh, which you know which is pretty tragic actually uh, hafiz is mind-bogglingly well read and uh, very very knowledgeable about the subject had a bunch of very nice books uh, which I like literally devoured over there, and yet there was something missing. And so I kind of uh, you know excused myself, and I, in fact, I don't remember when I left Hafiz because I never really left him. I continued as an external associate for some of his projects, and it kind of wound down on its own. So that got me thinking, and I'm not from any rich family. I'm I'm not from any construction background. I'm the first professional in my family and all that. So I started thinking that if a really talented architect is not really in a position to deliver many times, what am I going to do? I mean, I don't have anybody blessing on my shoulder and saying that, OK, you know what? I'm going to push you ahead. And uh, it started with something as simple as that. And then I was just 25 and a half when I started my office. So, are you able to hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, who will join a 25 and a half year old architect, right? Mm-hmm. So, when I started my practice, uh, there was uh, nobody joining me. So, I started getting more worried, you know, that if I start looking at this topic, hello, are you there? Yep. Uh, should i switch I, off the camera for two minutes will that become better
0: i, I think like i i for like for you it might seem like a frozen screen, but uh like we can hear you oh, okay, clearly okay. so like you can continue uh, you like can see me fine.
1: also i don't know <laughs> whether I can. yeah we can
0: uh, okay. we can see you
1: okay okay fine so what happened is that uh, uh so that was a situation that i wanted to set up my practice and i wanted to Uh, uh, to do a good job of whatever assignments i get and uh, but this in the back of the mind i'm coming from this backdrop of not understanding how come these these uh, mistakes are you know happening in in uh, architecture Mm -hmm. so that's that's where it started i started thinking and then i said uh, how do i get good people to work with me nobody is there to work with me i i got some draftsmen you know who uh, those days from my home state of kerala i'm from kerala so they're very nice uh, technically trained draftsmen who could hand draft they were not architects so i got a few of those and they were working for me and i realized that uh, that's not good enough like you know I mean, because they did not know designing they don't know what designing is so uh, what happened is then i started asking some of my i.t friends i had some i.t bombay one of my very good friend nara and his name is so we started discussing about what really could be the kind of issues so i asked one very simple question you know that that uh, how does computers really help architects how does it really how can it help and this is way back right and this is mm-hmm. auto autocad had just kind of come in and there were these pirated versions of autocad which were there and <laughs> i didn't particularly like uh, uh, you know that kind of uh, uh, using that kind of software and all. and then i tried it out i said that there is doesn't seem to be anything very different from what i was doing with this draftsmen, mm-hmm. you know so uh, uh, should I have uh, is there a chat channel here just in case I'm losing you uh, yep. yeah so it's upright. yeah so in case I feel that I'm not a uh, uh, you know audible or something because I'm not getting any body language <laughs> oh <laughs> so, okay yeah so i'm I'm kind of little lost uh, that's why I'm I was kind of hesitating anyway so, what happens is one minute let me just switch off my mobile so there was this very simple question it started with that if i draw a shape a closed shape on a piece of paper and uh, Mm -hmm. i look at that closed shape i've just drawn it and uh, the shape does not have uh, any intelligence right but if I were to give a personality to that paper piece of paper, that piece of paper would say that I've enclosed this much area. The moment you I, you draw drew this shape on me I kind of showed you this is my the area which I you got enclosed. So the paper is asking me that how come you don't know what the area is you can see for yourself this is the area right how come you don't know what the area is. And so I had this kind of a metaphorical conversation with that that shape. And I asked myself that our method of expressing architecture, when we have to talk about bounded areas, uh, is little redundant, right? You first draw the shape. The paper knows the area because it is showing you the area. But you don't know what the area is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have to then go over it again. So one of the things would be that if you're drawing a free-form closed shape, you would put a grid on it and then figure out and then count the number of grids, you know, graph grid, and then find out the area. there. I said that's crazy, like so we are doing the thing twice. And AutoCAD mm-hmm. those days, even even now, actually, AutoCAD will do something similar. Like you draw a polyline, you close the polyline, and then you say, give me the area. And AutoCAD will say, area, what what area, where, where what area? Select the entity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that was like, and that was odd. Like I said that, hey, hang on, your software is supposed to help me. And I am instructing my draftsmen to draw these shapes. And they are also, they are not... Trained architects, so they are saying. Uh, when I say, "Okay, give me the area," he say, oh, "What area, sir? What do you want?" Because he's drawn many shapes. I, I kind of gave a sketch of, a, say, an apartment and a many rooms. So he's not fully getting it. Which which of those rooms in that apartment, the area he I would want. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking that there is no logical basis for the drawing. You're just making shapes on the screen, and that I found it pretty weird, frankly. I said, how can you have a drafting software? And I expect the drafting software. Uh, uh, I mean, those days, they were not calling it drafting. They were calling it CAD, you know, computer design. I said, if it's a design software, and if I have <laughs> drawn a shape, you better tell me the area, right? I mean, I already drew it. Like It started with something simple as that. So I was discussing with Narayan. I said, that why is it that a shape which the paper will understand, if the paper has a personality, If the paper understands, how come I am not able to understand? I have to calculate it once again. Mm -hmm. Turns out that when I, so many years back, that's a very important question, right? Uh, Why is it that a device, which is a computer, into which you are depositing meaning into it, it stays quite dumb about the whole thing. It just preserved a set of lines and arcs and circles and whatnot. then i started figuring out and you know all definite integrals and all that and and my very first uh, thing was to discover a pretty interesting routine on a on a basic calculator Mm -hmm. the the calculator which had basic programmable calculator and i figured out a way that you know i can just so my job was step by step i said i gave myself small small challenges i said okay If I was an ant and I was standing at the corner of a building and then I moved uh, from one corner to the next corner and went around tracing the outer perimeter of that building and each time I turn right, I will use the positive number. Each time I turn go up, I will give the positive number. If I go left, I will give a negative number. And if I go down, I will give again a negative number. So that's the convention which I told myself. I said there has to be some way to... To tell the program that this is the, these are the dimensions of each side of the, you know, of the building. And as you may know, in Bombay, most of the buildings are having orthogonal corners, though many of them. It may not be a just a rectangle, but it will be a rectangle with you know going up and down like that. And then I cracked that and I realized that I could actually work out that area without redundancy that means it's like a it's like a turtle graphics program kind of thing so without repeating yourself i could actually it's a variation on the definite integral it's nothing very difficult you can do it as an exercise and then i got pretty thrilled with this whole thing that i can now identify a shape give that shape to a program and then program is continuously updating me of what that area is i don't have to ask it again
2: Mm -hmm.
1: okay now once that step got done what happened is that i now have a mechanism by which i can deposit the linguistic elements of architecture starting with just a bounded shape then i started asking more deeper questions and i realized that there are some fundamental problems in the way architecture has been represented all these years, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at uh, uh, the history of drawing, so I got into uh, reading. I joined uh, the the library uh, at Juhu, uh, which is C uh, CDAC Library for. The, it's a pretty nice library, very mm-hmm. extensive. And I got involved in Prolog. Uh, Uh, Prologue, as you may know, is an AI language, and and, uh, I was very fortunate uh, that I was doing all this programming with nobody whispering next to me saying, oh, you know, you're doing programming in C, you're doing programming in C. (laughs) (laughs) Prologue, oh my God, that is too much. I mean, I'm a small-time architect in Nami Mumbai, and I'm very curious to know why is this software uh, not behaving the way I would want it to behave. I've got some real problems as an architect. I don't have intelligent people who are sitting down and and giving me uh, uh, the the uh, the you know talking design terms. I don't want people to talk graphics to me. What, what am I going to do with graphics? <laughs> okay, so so it was pretty interesting. So uh, I started kind of peeling the onion layers one below the other, one behind the other, and. Started understanding, and I got into fair amount of you know, and look back and kind of clean up all the muddled areas and stitch up all the dots. I don't want to bore you with all the you know if and then and all. That. <laughs> but but uh, what happened is that essentially architecture today is the only domain where this debate about what do you really represent in a computer of your subject. Is not really extensively discussed. Mm -hmm. And this is a very, very serious problem. It has become so serious that, of course, I'm a biased party, so I am kind kind of looking at the same evidence all the time to say, oh, you know what? I was right. It is a linguistic challenge which we are having. But even if I if I account for that bias, it is a very serious lack. You know, you take any specialist subject, you take mathematics, you take
0: I think we lost you now. Audible? Yeah, now it's audible. Yeah, you broke for like two seconds.
1: Yeah. OK, OK, because I got a message saying something was missing. Anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah,
0: it's it's, now it's working.
1: Should I change my connection?
0: or maybe like Hello? yeah try maybe like should we uh like it, it it might be sometimes I just,
1: like... uh shift over to another connection
0: okay he's talking about 1984. Mayur. <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah and like those are like important issues which no one talks about. I see. Yeah, you yeah.
1: Back. hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now uh, I can see both of you animated. Otherwise, everybody was frozen again. I could not see the at all. <laughs> anyway, good. That's some movement. I think hopefully this is a better connection. Uh, and uh, so so what i was talking about was uh, yeah architecture is the only field really the linguistic uh, challenge which is there what are the ingredients you deposit into it how do you how do you look at computers as a linguistic device you know M- even if you were to do programming i program in quite a lot of languages i program in more than 12 languages i started with c and then c++ and then prolog and uh, lisp and everything basically i use it as a set of screwdrivers and i'll say okay this doesn't <laughs> work I'll work with that and it doesn't work i'll work with that like that so the 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 issue was never about being obsessed with computing the issue was that why is it my field which is lecture, is not getting expressed the way i want to get it expressed so that i can Think about it. And there lies the seed of the problem, which I saw why people like Hafiz and others are not really producing the things which they say that they can produce. And I know for sure that Hafiz has, Hafiz has done brilliant work in some 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 situations, but, but many times the thing becomes so fragile. The real reason is that each of us are expressing architecture in our own peculiar ways, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we go about depositing the data in a manner that it really cannot be so easily retrieved because the other person is not retrieving it in the manner which they would want to retrieve it, you know, Mm -hmm. and part of it is to do with the kind of, you know, false uh, aura around the field, you know, as if, you know, we are very creative, we have to have our independent (laughs) thinking and, and we have to do things, you know, I'm very, very, concerned about the environment and a lot of evocative language and 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 a lot of fluff and philosophy and whatnot and i started scratching my head i said that musicians are also pretty creative mm-hmm. they have a lot of stuff very creative writers are very creative they're not sitting down and cribbing you know I, you asked me to write it in the English alphabet I cannot write I'm sorry you are hurting my creativity <laughs> mm-hmm. you'll not see a poem that oh you asked me to write it in alphabets what are you talking about like? I need yep. one extra alphabet between p and q like. then I will write my mm-hmm. poem like. I said that's crazy so when architects are sitting down you know the language of architecture is so-and-so and this and that and whatnot now. And then they do something which is many times quite tantalizing and quite nice. Not that bad, okay? I'm just dramatizing it to forgive my my drama. <laughs> so, so what happens is that we are kind of isolating ourselves from the responsibility of depositing criticizable material. Yeah, so we just make drawings. We have our and... own bubble. Yeah, we are in our own bubble. We are not even in a common bubble. We are not individual little bubbles. Yeah. So we are in our own little silo of our own. We, we Somebody gets a housing project and he'll work on sustainability, work on this and that, and all the nice things. Nothing wrong there. And go uh, on making a lot of drawings and then. Uh, apply some philosophy and deluge and and derrida and deconstruction and all kinds of evocative language and you are in the audience and you're wondering what the heck am i going to say anything about it because i don't mind evocativeness i mean you you try to read james joyce i really can't understand because it's from dublin area and ireland and all that but that stream of consciousness way of writing is phenomenally you know. You read uh, James Joyce, uh, uh, Dubliner, some of his other books, Ulysses, and all, and uh, it captivates you because it's really like crazy prose. So you read uh, uh, Steinbeck's Canary Row, like it is like amazingly uh, rich. Uh, you you read uh, V.S. Naipaul's mm-hmm. Miguel Street. So I said that these guys are also very evocative. Okay why architects are the only one who have to feel <laughs> <it>.
0: <laughs> correct
1: so yet there is something called the english alphabet or whichever language alphabet which there is no emotion no controversy nobody will say oh you wrote letter a i think that's not a that is m nobody is going to say that a musician will say oh you you played b sharp i thought that was d they're not going to say that The standard yeah, they they are going to consider that as a datum, you know. So the the building blocks, the in core ingredients, linguistic ingredients of of that field is has to be stable. Okay, mm-hmm. if it is stable, then you be free with whatever you want to express. I'm not here to sit down and say, oh, you should not have evocative ways of looking at architecture or anything, you know. Mockery about all that, and you you should be free to say what you want to say. Okay, so in mm-hmm. linguistics, there's a term called production. That's a word called production, and production basically means that saying something in English. Say for example, I can just add that. Okay, I said so and so, and Mayur Mistri was hearing what I said, and Richard Gupta said to that, and I can continue continuously keep adding something or the other and keep extending my my work you know that i can be very productive basically okay Mm -hmm. so english does not say that because you use the english alphabet you are restricted only to a certain ways of doing things in fact one of the reasons a form of experience considered to be a language is when it has this faculty of production if it doesn't have that production that means it's not really a language it's a some maybe some smileys or something like that okay so Mm -hmm. so i started figuring out what could be the thing which goes into representing the core ingredients of of that software whatever you have to do so my investigation was more about what the language should go and the software was a vehicle to drive that ahead it is still a vehicle i don't consider Uh, that i am shifted to software or anything i am very much a true blooded architect and and i'm very bothered about the way we have turned out as set of intellectuals because if you very closely examine you look at the history of uh, music for example music had its own share of debates and arguments and hassles about how do they settle the core ingredients over there there is this Nice discussion. I don't want to, you know, get into music theory discussion. I'm also an amateur musician, uh, but it's very fascinating. If you really look at it, they had a problem on how to express music using what is known as a natural notation, uh, natural uh, uh, scale, you know, mm-hmm. music expressed using natural scales, which is pure integers and not three by four and five by six and uh-huh. seven by eight, and like that. And then they found that you can't transpose the music, you can't shift the scales. Like, so if somebody walks up, uh, uh, wakes up one day with a sore throat and he can't sing at a, at a higher pitch, he has to sing at a lower pitch. They they could not transpose the whole music. So the music could should have been transposable, but because of the way the internal representation of music were concerned, it didn't work out. So, a lot of debate. And when is this happening in the 14th century? No email, no whatsapp <laughs> no. and they got that together they got that act together they figured out the musical tab- tablature and the kind of symbols you have to use on that and how to go about expressing it and they are bloody well as evocative as any architect is uh, as creative as any architect same uh, like as the like the poets and writers are also evocative architects are the only guys you know, No, 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 we will use drawings you'll know. we'll just use drawings yeah. you know. What we do is, is our Lord, we will do, uh, you know, we'll think through the whole problem and all like, and that's why most of the architect's offices are really not gone on a very feudal way of working. You have a mm-hmm. pyramidical structure, you have a guy at the top who's sitting down and figuring out what needs to be done. Okay. And he's standing like Lord Moses with the 10 commandments. Okay. And then he comes into the office and say, this is what you need to design. And the reason is there's no real communication you're not putting stuff together in that if you see the way way musicians work you know you you see the 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 pretty interesting uh kind of backstory behind jethro tell's uh thick as a brick he's got this beautiful album called thick as a brick which is literally one one musical composition right across the whole record mm-hmm. i think it's a double record also and it was like kind of a magnum opus kind of thing, beautiful composition. People kind of listened in parts as if they are separate songs, but he insists that it's actually a one kind of huge comp- you know some four hour composition or something. Now, how does how did Yana and this of the three acting together? He's not the only musician in that particular right. He is playing with other musicians, so they they got together. You know, some some basement somewhere which was neat and he used to practice. And he used to go back and write down the music, okay in his room or wherever he was, and then give it to his uh, other musicians. For them to know, that is called community. Yeah. Yep. This is called and at the level of the musical notation, there's no conflict there's no controversy. There's no controversy. You're not debating on the ingredients which is there.
2: But for the
1: don't the whole thing so that we forget that we are not really So the mm-hmm. breakthrough I got was I discovered this bit of fractal mathematics in architecture. Which is where I realized that I actually start talking about, about architecture. I mean, I don't call it like a part of music location. Of your it looks like
2: it's a point.
0: I, I think it's breaking away. Okay. okay. Uh no. It's it's a bit low signal now.
2: I've uh, uh,
0: is breaking.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a really good workflow. Uh, the... We'll work. me, me... join
1: back, I guess. Did he just make music? <laughs> when he was breaking, some sort of music was coming out. <laughs>
0: uh like i i think the earlier connection was working well all right <laughs> maybe i should share screen until um somebody is back so this is the TED software which is developed. Did I? Okay. Hmm. Oh, I, I see. But I don't see. So, can you hear us? I don't know if it's a restream issue or a internet issue. I think it's internet only because we both can see. Yeah, like because, like, restream sometimes, like, uh, you might feel the screen is frozen and it uses all the bandwidth for the live even if like um, we see the movement uh, like of other person the other person sees us as frozen 3d dry.
2: Huh?
1: Hello. yeah, yeah sorry uh, I hope I've I've tried to put the dongle at a different location I hope it works I don't know why I'd have to come <laughs> complain to the to the provider I I I I'm sorry whether I just let me know whether I'm going too fast too slow or am I being too dramatic in my...
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I, I think like uh... I really like like how you're combining theories and like the best is like you're going like a very first principle approach on like taking things and like the need and languages.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the thing is uh, what happened in uh, 89, I'm trying to figure out. See, I never really got into uh, thinking that I'm a pioneer in this area or I'm the first guy to do it or anything of that sort was not the important thing. Like see, we say in Hindi, like Like I have to run my show <laughs> and I have to make sure that I do a reasonably good job of it. And it, is, it really did bother me that I have to deposit some things which I can look back and later on retrieve it, right? You know, Mm -hmm. that was the core lesson from Hafiz's office that, you know, we are doing a lot of times we are chugging along on a design path and then we can't look back and learn our lessons. In fact, the same architect many times takes a look at his drawing and wondering, why did I do this detail? I don't know why I did this. (laughs) (laughs) Because nobody knows why they did that, you know and there are plenty of stories of of how that has happened and it's there in every architect's office they are scratching they're embarrassed some of them are embarrassed with their old works they don't because they don't know what the hell they did there you know Mm -hmm. that's why uh, if you see you don't have the 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 advantage of seeing a very young 25 year old charles Correa's works or a 25 year old frank Gehry's work or a twenty-five-year-old uh, Louis Kahn's work. You know, by the time people mature, it takes a lot of time. And but you have wasted a lot of. You've been you're like a drunk bird who's trying to build a nest without knowing how to really build it. Like, and you you say, "Oops, it didn't work out. Oops, it didn't work out. Oops, it didn't work out." In the meantime, you enter and played havoc with the entire environment, right? Mm-hmm. And and you became an old man, like, uh, to start realizing, "Oh, now I think I can do a better job of being an architect." But this kind of legacy of how we've been doing architecture for has not been contested. People have been doing this as if that's the way you have to do it under the guise of creativity, you know, and, and, and um, you end up with, uh, with a linguistic mess in, in whatever we were doing a huge linguistic mess in our physical drawings and we are still doing a huge linguistic mess mess with what is called as bim files okay
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, like to give a very important thing i am very angry with uh with i'm frustrated i'm telling architects that you look at the irony of this we are in a pandemic i just recovering from covid now okay and and the virus travels through spaces Mm -hmm. and Spaces are something which we ended up modulating. We can't create space all right, but we modulated. We put two walls here, and therefore we confine space like that? We put it like this, you confine space in a different way. And we should have opened up our data. You're supposed to say, Oh, BIM is the big panacea for everything, and you know, we need we can put up everything. open up your data now. Society needs it go yep. and put up theories about what how this at least starts this theories start the theories that okay you know i made this housing colony and it turns out in that housing colony which finally got constructed there is a lot of covid cases so let me open up my my bim files or whatever and say okay maybe you know this is the kind of configuration of spaces that's called hypothesis creation right i mean what's the scientific method it's got three steps you have to have a hypothesis to begin with <clears throat> based on some prior data okay you can't go there and oh i'm standing in the building and i'll create my own hypothesis there you have to have prior data and then create some theories then figure out testing conditions for those theories then test it out in the field and check whether it is there but no there is not a single real concerted effort on figuring out what type of space modulations led to what kind of could lead to what kind of uh, you know uh, spreading of these viruses and all that. And this is the second time this is happening. I had a personal encounter uh, about three years back where uh, there's a horrific thing happening in Bombay, which is uh, the spread of uh, incurable uh, tuberculosis. And there's this bunch of really sincere doctors. They are working in this rehabilitated slums. You know, they kind of uh, gave some weird concessions uh, to builders. Uh, for their is, and they said that oh, you know, just clean up all those joker patina and, and just construct big <laughs> <the> towers, <laughs> okay, uh-huh. a- and give major concessions. To the buildings are literally like this much, literally. Mm-hmm. So at the lower end there is no light, sunlight coming in there. It's about eight feet away. Imagine 25 storey building. The next building is just eight, ten feet away. So
0: mm-hmm. it's crazy,
1: and it's become such a hotbed for tuberculosis. So so these doctors called me and said, oh, you're a theoretician in this area. and I'll Just help us and figure out why is it there is so much incurable TB in this place. And I'm going with a bunch of other architects and so-called theoreticians on our field. And I'm saying that, is this the way we create a hypothesis? You stand in the mess of the whole thing and then start erupting with theories. Is that how you do scientific method? You have to have a neutral distance from the whole thing with neutral data, prior data, form theories, and then go and test whether this kind of configuration of spaces would work or not. So all mm-hmm. this kind of highlights the point that our lack of responsibility of res- depositing data into in a way which can be retrieved is such a phenomenally flawed uh, and... Ill-discussed uh, situation today. People are not discussing. They're not debating it. People are starting yeah. from a particular datum on computing nowadays. You know, they assume that that oh, computers have all solved it. It's all there. It's all, uh-huh. it's, all it's all done. It's all done. It's all done. It's all done. All you have to do is just start from here and then then do all your theories from there. I mean, so many well-meaning people said, oh, you why don't you do it in AutoCAD? Why don't you do it in SketchUp? Why don't you do it in whatever, you pick your favorite <laughs> software and plug it in. And, and I'm saying that, hey, hang on, this part of the discussion, nobody has debated with architectural concepts. Hmm. This part of the debate, nobody has discussed architectural concepts there. If you study, so there are two, three access to this whole thing about that. One was in linguistics and the the, the lack of clarity of, of uh, linguistics. There are certain basic simple things like one thing i told you about production right the other thing is to do both both with linguistics as well as in mathematics is it's that the core ingredient have to be indifferent it cannot participate in your in your uh, this communication like c sharp if i write something in c sharp and d the c sharp should not yell out and say it means something the letter yep. a cannot mean something which is different from letter b they are all completely indifferent things the same thing with mathematics okay it's it's actually called the in probability theory it's called the principle of indifference you cannot have the things which you are uh, you are depositing that that uh, uh, that piece of data with itself participating in whatever your theory is you know, Correct. that's not going to work out. So here you have BIM files. So oh, you have families of models of beams and doors and whatnot. And that is what you have to use. I mean, that's crazy. It's like it's like saying that the only way I can learn mathematics and addition is by, by bringing in analogies. Like when we were kids, we said, OK, here are two apples. And if I bring one more apple, then I'll get three apples. <laughs> so yep. are you saying that for the rest of my life, I have to deal with apples? To understand additionally I and mean, that's crazy right so there are so there's one thread of examination in TAD which is to do with real core linguistics it is not linguistics from the point of view of spoken language okay which a lot of yeah. most of linguistics actually a lot of linguistics is dealing with uh, spoken language like things like generative grammar and universal grammar and and how does a baby uh, get the language and all that all that that is also important i'm talking about a different set of kind of linguistics which is i uh, uh which they're very little material there is this very interesting research by Genevieve von petzinger you can look it up i'll give you the link later uh, she did some remarkable research and she has this hypothesis that Contrary to popular belief that uh, the, the pictographs which you s- used to see in cave walls and all. And these pictographs are actually analogs of the world around you. Like So you s- the, the, that caveman saw some bird or something. Uh, that's what the theory says, used to say. And so you kind of draw that bird over there uh, or you draw a bull's head over there and things like that. I have some presentation if you're interested, I can tell you that. And and uh, what uh, she discovered is that over a period of almost forty thousand years, it's not like you know one or two years, odd years here and there. It it, it stayed consistent for a span of almost forty thousand years. This is before written uh, written word came in. Like you know, when you talk about the uh, the the Semitic scripts and all that, you know, using uh, using clay tablets and all that. That 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 thing. Uh, Is uh, only 5,000, 6,000 years back. But Mm -hmm. what she was talking about are symbols which are used literally during, I mean, for a period of almost 30,000, 40,000 years. And many of those symbols are actually pure abstract symbols. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there is this principle of abstraction which needs to be there again because of the principle of indifference that if you if you the thing which you're going to deposit for others to talk about has to be indifferent from whatever your actual further meaning is like a, like Correct. if you write the word pple okay the word apple itself will have its own controversy does it mean the fruit does it mean beetles record does it mean uh, the apple it company does it mean doctors or whatever they, right mm-hmm. but the letter a the letter p are going to be indifferent. It does not have any associations with it. Okay, so it's a similar thing which uh, with Genevieve was saying. You can look up her uh, TED talk. That's pra- practically the only thing which I've really uh, uh, learned. So it's when you when I say it's there's a linguistic. I'm not talking about spoken linguistic. I'm not talking about human language. I'm talking about expression of uh, of a very specialized area. For all you know, these caves were like recording uh, booths of those days you know where where yeah. the, the legacy of that particular uh, 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 particular uh, what do you say uh, area uh, era and culture was being recorded it is not that they were speaking things you know it's like tally marks for example you know how much grain uh, uh, barley you you have or whatever you know That people know about it, but there are many other things, maybe supernatural things, which they believed in, they wanted to record or they just want to keep uh, some private family secrets uh, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there is a a kind of specialist language and that deserves its own linguistic analysis. And that's the birth of things like the musical notation or you talk about uh, the mathematical symbols, like you talk about... uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, say, the integration sign, like, okay? Mm-hmm. So these are all very neutral symbols. Nobody is going to get offended. Oh, you the integration sign. I'm not going to read your theorem. Like, I don't want to get into your theorem. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen, right? It's because they are neutral and because they are abstracted, that is why you can actually discuss amongst two mathematicians and make some sense of that. Correct. What we've been doing is very risky and it's been very flawed and it is actually at the root of a lot of very very horrid things happening in in architecture because we are not opened up our communication of of design in using these kind of principles we are using actually if you look at linguistics again the the technique we are using is called pictograms you know because it actually is a visual analog of what really happens in like if you really you know see a building being constructed you actually Mm -hmm. would see that floor plan over there Mm -hmm. right the one which you drew more or less is what you see there and this is looks very convenient right i mean you have this drawing here and you have the floor plan there so what's the big deal about this is what people think the thing is that these are not, not no longer analyzable They're not analyzable Mm -hmm. at all. Only if you stand over there and interpret it as a human is when you really start understanding. Just like the people who drew all those pictographs on the cave walls, they didn't think that they were doing anything illegible. Mm -hmm. It's only later on, we're all standing in front of that, you know, you look at this Harappan seals and all that and they're all visual analogs of certain animals and whatnot, and we have no clue what the hell they mean like, because the the ingredients itself is setting off your brain into hundred different directions and pulling you away from whatever that thing is supposed to mean, right? So in ninety nine in Liverpool, I had uh, submitted a paper called "The Importance of Being Abstract." That it's it's so critical for models to be abstract. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so uh, and and at the same time i do agree that there is a need to finally get you the final drawings and in architecture there are two three more complications in fact there's one complication which is very similar uh, you can see it in music which is the figure ground problem if you were to, you don't see that in say mathematics you don't see that in english uh, you but you do see it in music uh, which is the problem of figure and ground. so if i were to represent uh, music i can't just represent the notes which are being played i have to also represent the spaces between the notes Mm -hmm. the same set of notes with different spacing that means different uh, periods of silence will obviously sound very different so and when you see the music notation staff and the way they go around describing music they will have to represent both these things they'll have to represent the notes as well as the spaces between the notes Without mm-hmm. that, the music cannot be played. So, so one of the another thing about about these kind of language constructs is that it has to be fairly all encompassing. So you cannot leave one part of the story out and and say that oh I've got enough of the material and we can just make the make the building uh, with that. And which is where uh, which is where the problem comes because if you look at uh, history and if you look at the history of drawings you know the one of the most impressive feat of drawings was uh, when uh, this very hot tempered uh, uh, you know clock designer and uh, uh, brunelleschi he won the competition for f- figuring out how to construct the dome on the florence cathedral that was about 20 story high okay and and if you if you go up to that part and try to construct a building I mean it was a crazy uh, challenge right and uh, he solved it very elegantly and he solved it with a set of drawings Like he figured out that there were some construction errors in the springing point of that those dome and that's why he made this double barrel dome uh, I mean there are two uh, domes one be- uh, below the other and this is you know kind of a steel cable around it so that it doesn't kind of fold out and all that to correct the, the mistakes, and he had to do it with a kind of a suspended uh, uh, shuttering, you know, because this is 20 story task. This thing was hanging up in the air for 50 years before they said, forget it, we have to finish this cathedral, right? Uh-huh. And, and there was a plague and all that those days. So that thing was so impressive that the use of drawings, because that was a time when, you know, descriptive geometry and and projections and and sections and elevations and all they all came up during that period right and and, and uh, what we forgot is that drawings were made specifically for the construction of that building not really for the designing of the building okay mm-hmm. and and that these are two different things, and I sometimes struggle to explain uh, to people and I, I'm still struggling. I hope I can uh, make this easier to understand. I don't know whether I'm getting across. See it's uh, that's why I resort to analogies and it sometimes sounds like a strawman argument, you know that that uh, it's like telling somebody that uh, oh, I'm a cook, I cook this dish, and here is the dish, okay. Like it's in some of these Japanese restaurants, I've heard that they have this nicely uh, artificial-looking dishes kept in the display, you know, which is actually not eatable. They are made out of plastic or whatever. Yeah, you know, A- and uh, it looks very real. Like it looks very tempting. I think it was designed to attract foreigners who can just point to that particular. I want that dish or whatever. You <laughs> know, like that. A- and uh, but that that's not the dish, right? That's not the dish. So here you're talking about a system which was made, uh, uh, and it's a pretty elegant system uh, for that specific narrow purpose of construction. Okay, And now you're sitting down and saying that, oh, that has become the norm. And let's forget about the, the process of the cooking which led to it. I mean, that is strange. Like, I mean, how can yeah. the, the kind of ingredients which I go put inside the initial stages of cooking is very different from what comes out at the end? You know, same is the case with architecture. I would, I would, in my mind's eye, I would say that I want to say design a, a, a I'll give you a simple example. Let's say that 10 of us are getting together and we figure out that we need a space of 225 square feet. Okay, 15 feet by 15 feet to begin with, say. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's comfortable for us to, you know, congregate and all. So so who decides that 15 feet by 15 feet is what 225? Why not 45 feet by 5 feet? Mm -hmm. 45 feet, 5 feet, is isn't it too narrow? But then you say, what if it was a cricket pavilion where we are meeting? Where you have a a uh, 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 you know, narrow strip of 45 feet and all 10 of us ex-IA teams getting together enjoying the cricket and we want to and that's a nice uh nice atmosphere in that case so suddenly like what looked like narrow and what looked like uh you know comfortable they all start changing right so so you, you unless and until that space itself has got a physical reality mm-hmm. in the mind of the architect okay Something which he is going to sit down and grapple with. If that system is not even allowing that, and say, oh, whatever you want to think about, you please think about on your own. okay. And later on, once you're ready, then you you can put uh, uh, your uh, uh, data there, (coughs) which is what the BIM people are doing. They are not even understanding what is this all hoopla about. They're saying that we have given you such nice software tools to sit down and uh, and create all the things, and it's got scripting, and you can do all kinds of programming in it. It's all kinds of song and dance. And see, we have this, you know, AI methods and machine learning, which will figure <laughs> out the way. I said, How are you going to figure out the way whether 15 feet by 15 feet is right or five feet by 40, 45 feet is right? Because it's all so highly contextual. So initial architecture modeling the actual physical real world we are all in does not have neutral ingredients. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, one of the misunderstood things about mathematics is that people kind of think that maths has got all the answers. You know, you just you just give it to some machine learning, okay, and it'll figure out like how to... And, <laughs> and I've seen a lot of, you know, song and dance going around with this. I will give this shapes and this shape. I said that come on, like the people whom I'm designing for. Okay, I, I'm sitting in my architect's office and in my table in front of me is a young married couple. They they have put their entire life savings and, yeah. and they're just starting off on their journey of life in an apartment which I've designed and it is so heart wrenching to hear them argue amongst themselves. Okay, because it is it's going to create a lot of anxiety i'm going to sit down and and work uh, live in that apartment for next how many years right yep. and here the artist says no my ai software has figured out what to do it you know it went and did song and dance and-, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't bring in the reality of that young couple over there <laughs> you know uh, so there are i have a lot of quarrels with uh, conventional. it's a big
0: disservice to humanity
1: yeah it's a big problem it's a huge problem it's a there's a lot of avarice here there's a lot of pushing of materials here there's a lot of uh, details which get pushed into architect's offices there are there's a lot of money going into the research which is silently funded by some glass companies which gets (laughs) put into a university and the university funds some bim problem programs and research and whatnot and and then that gets filtered down and then it comes as uh, you know uh, i was in uh, sitting in an architect's office uh, Uh, A terrible set of architects, frankly, but that's a different story. And I was happened to be in that architect's office, and in walks in a bunch of very smartly dressed guys from a glass company. Okay, they had their own projector, they had this nice, you know. nice handout bags with nice goodies uh, and they had their own pen drives which they give to all the architects the pen drive had this all the bim details of all the spider joints for the glass uh, Mm -hmm. facades which needs to be built into that particular thing and and the architects are saying my god like i mean they felt like they're being made love to over there you know that (laughs) the whole gang of people are coming here a- and you know, with all projectors and pre-made drawings and everything, and it looked as if that that's the best possible way to go about designing. It's it. sad, like that we are not sitting down, and we have, we've been led by our noses into uh, into this various avarice of people, and in this you know bitterly cold climate of Bombay where it snows every day, <laughs> you're yep. putting up these glass facades, okay, with the spider joints only because you got all the BIM details for it. I mean, it's absolutely madness, like absolute madness. So and after that, even after that, if you say that, oh, you know what, I've worked it out. we got so many research programs, which do all the energy calculation. I said, tell me, give me some systemic theories for those poor people who are suffering from incurable TB. What, mm-hmm. Give me some systemic method with you open up your data and tell me what's happening to COVID. You know, of all the theoreticians, people are literally scrambling everywhere. Like you take epidemiologists, you take statisticians, you say probability people involved in probability. I mean, you take any specialized field. I think even physicists are now entering the fray and ho- offering hypotheses on how on earth this bloody pandemic is spreading and all that. Architects are keeping quiet.
0: I'm we had this big with... opportunity to like use yeah, the building data. Yeah, I am
1: mean, and... actually raking this up in some architects, and they're wondering what is Sabu saying. What are we got to do with COVID? I don't understand what is we got to do with COVID. <laughs> mm. This is this is a tragedy of of uh, I mean the quality of our own internal examination of what we are doing. Right? Yeah. So, so, so this is the now at the core. If you didn't have this language constructs correct, if you didn't have that correct, how on earth are you going to talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning and whatnot? Your basic foundation itself is sh- shaky. Yeah. You have a bunch of uh, IFC classes, for example, and there's a whole lot of coding. I've done Extensive coding in IFC, I mean, somebody said that, okay, can you solve this problem? I said, yeah, it's a construction problem. And IFC can be suitable for handling the representation at the construction stage. So I have a whole sort of uh, programming which I've done in IFC. I, I have, uh, you can take a look at it. It's called queryprojects.com. And using that, it actually replaces Revit and uh, and Navisworks. So you, it has got its own scripting language and you can put a... Uh, uh, IFC model and a Microsoft project and it will help you uh, figure out what is the critical path and visually show all that. Very narrow use. The horses are all run away. The building is already finalized. At that stage, it is fine. But what about the design stage? What about the Mm -hmm. stage at which you want to go about designing? A lot of things which is happening in in automatic generation of uh, of drawings and uh, or, or design, sorry they are all based on very very faulty ingredients to begin with if you have assumptions if you yeah. yeah if you if you if your initial axioms itself were wrong or incorrect how on earth are you going to build any kind of uh, automation or ai or artificial intelligence or whatnot if you want i can show you something which i can do it in TAD, which will be a little bit more difficult if you were to do it in in uh, other uh, software so Definitely. I don't know, is this all making sense or am I going too fast and am I spreading myself no. in many different areas? I, I think like
0: this might be the first interview where I just asked my first question in itself. That we can, can become a podcast <laughs> episode. I, I didn't I even get a chance to ask.
1: Yeah, so I, yeah, I think so, like... Oof. So I've been in this area for such a long time, and I, I investigate very very like a schoolboy. I get into uh, that particular subject, and I, and I'm saying that I'm asking simple questions, and people are not answering these questions. You know, people are caught up in the 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 superlatives of how the user interface of that thing looked like, and uh, and uh, I'm saying you know multiple axes are there in this issue. The issue of linguistics is one. Issue of big data is another one. People are just assuming there's this black box. You can just put yeah. a lot of data into it. And it'll just keep receiving data. No problem. I mean, you have more issues, I'll just add more data. And that's called <laughs> the problem of infinite regress. You know, It's a philosophical problem. You can't have an explanation which just goes to and fro, to and fro, like you sitting in a barber shop and looking at your reflections. The reflections will never end. So a lot of the modeling system, which is available today, you take anything, you take Grasshopper, you take Grino, you take any of these things, none of them are really addressing the big data problem. If you really, they're just saying, Oh, you will just get more RAM. That's it. (laughs) Mm. In fact, in many offices, it's kind of standard practice, you know, I I was horrified. I said, you know, you you are Mm -hmm. accepting this, they start the computer, i7 computer 16 GB RAM, whatnot, whatnot. And they go for a coffee. When Revit is starting, okay uh, just to yeah, start yeah. revit okay and they go for a coffee and then they come back and then they load the model there again go for a coffee <laughs> <laughs> i said this is i mean this i don't know i'm not the one who wrote the software I, I, yeah. and this is how it works so you kind of normalize it you think that's the way it is and and, and it's amazing the amount of people who use software as if like it's some black box and they give some, you know, minor breadcrumbs of excitement of oh, I'll do grasshopper, you know, visual mm-hmm. programming on top of that. For what joy? I mean, you, you what did you achieve with all this? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. I, you were saying something. I interrupted you again.
0: <laughs> no, no. Like you, you, are pointing out facts which, like, I, I don't know the scene in India, but like, like, it's a global topic to discuss and like uh, if the foundation is not stronger, like like strong linguistic approach in architecture like there should be a systematic change or theory like it's high time
1: yeah so 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 that is where I got involved in things like fractals and 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 uh, uh, you know I have a friend who keeps debating with me he's saying the fractal is to do with geometry and all that which is not really true if you look at the history of fractals Uh, uh, it was to do with information efficiency, if if it is to do with detecting errors in information. In fact, Mandelbrot discovered fractals while analyzing problems of uh, repeated uh, uh, problems in data transmission. Nothing to do with vision, nothing to do with the actual looks of the things. So in fact, that is a basic misunderstanding in geometry itself. People are playing around with parametric design and geometrical design as if it's got a life of its own. Your actual yep. parameters you have to handle is life. Life has got its own set of parameters. You know, that poor guy who who just married his sweetheart and he's really like struggling to start his own house, is is wanting to make love in his in the new apartment he, he and she bought. Like, and, and you're sitting down saying that cannot be parameterized. You know, <laughs> it, it is really crazy. Like, we when you look at uh, Uh, humanity, uh, uh, and if you look at uh, mathematics, it's the first time I'm seeing mathematics saying that, you know, this kind of maths is only for the rich, you know. know? Mm -hmm. It is only for the rich. It's only for that privilege. It's not only for that section of humanity who has got this, uh, you know, BIM Mm -hmm. families and the beam families and the column families and the door families. The poor guy who came from the village. Okay and ended up with an uh, 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 with one uh, uh, what do you say uh, 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 a hut made out of you know uh, a tin and, uh, and everything okay and uh, he's got this plastic tarpaulins and half broken uh, things uh, it is uh, it is going to be uh, very tough to tell that person that your spatial needs is not important in my modeling <laughs> that is crazy. Like I mean, so there is fundamentally something very wrong in the way we are going about even examining what architecture really is. If you say architecture is confined to only this lot of people who who can really support all the avarice of 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 uh, uh, people uh, uh, who's going to push you know glass and who's going to push this kind of very clear defined geometries of built matter. I mean, how on earth are you going to uh, uh, talk about it as a generic uh, investigation into this subject? I, yeah,
0: okay. uh, I I think like uh, it's it's already one hour seven minutes and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, I, thinking
1: like, do you want uh, me to show some something so that it gets more structured in what I am talking about?
0: Yeah, I was thinking like we can like. Uh, uh, have like some demo and code and then wrap up the interview maybe we should do part two because like if there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. th- things to uncover and like if we give all yeah, the dues yeah, it might yeah, be like yeah.
1: a very long session. Yeah, yeah. it may be just too long right yeah, yeah yeah i was just building up this case and there are many other axes also which which needs to be which needs to be opened up and discussed rather than saying that uh, uh Paul Verghese, my friend, is saying that uh, it's not like music has solved all the representation. I'm not talking that music has solved representation issues or anything. That's a, that's a wrong uh, assumptions which I've made. I am just saying that even an a subject as evocative as music will. Have its own neutral alphabets. It's something very banal actually. Nothing much more than that. Don't read more than what I've said. Like, okay, so it is not to do with saying that, oh, you know, they solved all the representation issues. I'm saying that they made the attempt to really say, okay, let's get some part of the thing sorted out. Okay. It's like saying that, you know, this in IIT we had this debate between the objective and the subjective, you know, you know, subjectively speaking, I think this is the way, but objectively, I said it, let the objective speak by itself right let the subject will speak on its own anyway like. so so this whole thing about you know I'm not trying to go for a perfect representation system which will solve everything and there's the, no the, the, the perfect set of alphabets which is going to represent everything so that's a wrong assumption Paul what you're saying that's not what I meant at all like so so uh, the the way we have to ask ourselves is that can we arrive at at least the debate I'm not saying that my system should be the one should be adopted, but I'm at least sticking my neck out and saying that I've got this set of abstract, uh, 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 for want of any terms, you can say abstract alphabets, which constructs the logic of whatever which is there. You understand? So let me, without further ado, let me show you what that means so that it becomes easier for people to understand this. Otherwise, becomes as you rightly said, there are many things to discuss in this. Yeah. I'll just uh, open up uh, my prezi. I have mm-hmm. a short explanation of a very core thing which goes into uh, this system. Okay, you can uh, see my uh, screen. Uh, not yet. Yeah, I'll show you one minute.
0: Uh, now, yes, yeah.
1: you can see, right? So, so th- all these things <laughs> I s- spoke about, uh, in some form or the other, about speech and everything, let me jump to the history of architecture representation and how we were representing earlier and we were using physical models and all this we covered okay so let me go into what how that does it so the which i have solved uh, or i'm offering i'm not saying i'm solved it otherwise uh, paul will again jump at me it's not a solution as the final solution or anything it is saying that there is a debate here and this, this is my uh, theories on the table and now you have to sit down and even if you disagree you can argue at this level and come up with an alternative but i don't want something to be an argument here with an argument something there like, which doesn't make any sense Like so the idea is not to say that this is the perfect way to go about doing it i am saying this is the one which seemed to have fitted in all these years of various examination So one of the things is that architecture has got this figure-ground illusion problem. So are are you talking about the space area? Are you talking about the which matter? But the the reality is that you're talking about both. And you need to talk about both with as little redundancy as possible. Then you have another issue of just-in-time properties. You're talking about an element which needs to be dressed up with with, uh, things which will come in. Just at the last minute, that wife will say, no, I want purple color to be placed here. You can't say that. Oh, I have already worked out. My AI system has already figured out what is to be there, and and the purple color cannot be accommodated there. So you have. This is the challenge of linguistics. Like, why is linguistics such an important subject? Because it gives this faculty of production. Anything can be written over there, and it needs to be written there. And then, can you iterate? Okay, can you iterate over the uh, over the design? Can you iterate over? Uh, whatever uh, you are talking about so this is where uh, the core thing was so if you look at it it is a, uh, using these concepts of of fractals and and how it becomes let me first uh, w- walk you through that so so you have to kind of uh, start with an assumption that you hold the Im- imagination of space as a tangible physical thing okay think of it like a like a piece of jello uh, like okay which Mm -hmm. is kind of you can hold in your hand so the space itself is bereft of what created that space i'm talking space from an architect's point of view. not there's only obviously just one universal space into which we intervene and start putting things but i'm talking about things like rooms and doorways and and things like that so so if you were to look at like that think of it that there's an outer envelope i'm just going to model one room here Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that outer envelope, the whole envelope itself is full of this jello link. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is let's that's where it starts. And then you go and place what I call as atoms, which is another s- scoop of material inside that, that same jello inside that. Okay. So mm-hmm. so this is a way by which you model in a in tad. And then you put in another jello which is called a connector which connects the the outer envelope to the inner atom so now what happens is that this this ends up with a with an invariance which you see here okay so the actual built matter is a boolean operation between the from the outer envelope minus atoms plus connectors mm-hmm. so the atom plus connectors You you add together, and suddenly you find that you are actually started representing the built matter itself. Okay, so so this is a very simple way to say that okay, you are putting spaces inside spaces inside spaces to and arranging it in such a way that it will actually generate the the built matter. And the emphasis first being on the spaces in this particular case. And you can start in, in other ways also. So now somebody says that how does this become a fractal system? So let's say that there is a table in that room. Okay. So the table itself will then bring the same atoms envelope and connector. How is that happening? So you, if you now look at it, you'll find that the table has itself broken down into its own envelope here and there's an atom here. There are no connectors as such. I could have put in connectors here if I wanted to. And then I would have got uh i've now represented the table and if if you go in this fashion you actually represent the entire uh, 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 any kind of uh, architectural element from buildings to nails to drawers to tables to anything in fact you can go to product design you can do any kind of it's a different way of looking at of modeling where if you want to get into the maths of it and why this becomes efficient is because to do with how how holes in manifolds will end up creating more and more data complexity why TAD is very efficient in in handling its geometrical data is because none of these geometries actually technically has a hole in it everything is a completely contained volume and because of that the way TAD ends up handling uh, data becomes very very efficient so this is the actual a representation diagram which ex- explains what architecture can be uh, uh, represented in terms of both built matter and, and and spaces like so if you look at it you have spaces as a set of atoms envelopes and connectors and then built matter can itself be represented as as envelopes which again go back into atoms envelopes and connectors so that's how it becomes recursive so it's basically if you are to put it in layman's language it's like you 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 first get into a building and you see the silhouette of the whole building you don't know what all rooms are there in the building the whole building itself is occupying space right it's like say walking into a building in, at a sunset so you're seeing the entire silhouette the entire envelope is one one envelope one volume right and then inside that you walk into the into that person's house so you go through the doorway Okay, which is a connector and you go into one atom over there and then you see a cupboard there and the cupboard is initially it looks like a chunk of wood over there, but then you realize that itself is atoms and all of connector inside, somebody opens drawer and you find that there are spaces within that cupboard itself and then within this cupboard itself, you then have drawers inside the cupboard and each drawer itself is atoms and envelopes and connectors. So it's basically a bunch of atoms and envelopes and connectors everywhere. That is the fastest way I can <laughs> tell yeah. about this. Uh, there's a fair amount of uh, uh, pretty interesting mathematics inside this. And this is where the, the advantage is that it is actually agnostic to it. doesn't tell you which style of building it should be or anything like that. Correct. OK, it, does, it doesn't say that, oh, you know, this is only for Indian buildings or it is or it's not meant for uh, some. Uh, I mean, luckily, we all have only one definition of actual universal space. understand and with with because of that uh, it is actually pretty valid anywhere anywhere where you look at it this is an invariance you will find this this collection of of uh, architecture uh, 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 architectural elements uh, being represented like this
0: yeah like the logical relationship provides like a huge semantic knowledge when like things. Right, right, that like, is like, where
1: the like advantage it's... is right? so, so that's why i can talk about buildings very very tersely in tad you can talk about i'll show you now my the software itself uh, let me just uh, stop this and i'll show you my software so if you look at it this is what uh, tad looks at uh, this thing uh and if you look at the way it uh These are the kind of file sizes it talks about.
0: KB. (laughs) I see.
1: Okay, so if I were to talk about, say, a hospital, okay, which I have done, it's there in... uh, uh, There's a hospital somewhere here, yeah. And this is 274 kilobytes. Okay. Now, why is this possible? Like, uh, Actually, I have not even fully explored the entire use of of this classification i have a few files where i have but this is not one even then it is predictors because it's not just object orientation it's sorry it's not just this classification which is helping but it is also the way i'm going around allowing the architect to go around uh, uh, creating their own classes and objects it's actually an object oriented programming system itself Uh, okay so so When you look uh, look at this, say, I can see this in 3D, for example, it's a uh, three-storied building. Uh, It's not a very large hospital, but pretty reasonably large hospital. And it will take a fair amount of effort if you are to do the same thing in some other software. And the reason is they are not looking at it from an architect's point of view at all. So it's just obviously the raft view, and it does not have the slickness of uh, Rhino and all that, that but there are things which you can do here i can logically hide certain uh, elements and i can look at the partial d- data over there and i can do that using that uh, those terminologies of atoms and envelopes and all i can say show me only the envelopes show me show, show me only the connectors show me only the uh, uh, the the atoms okay and because of that that you can actually and do that even programmatically instead of doing it using uh, this thing. Right? I'm not. I'm doing it visually, but uh, I, you can do this uh, theoretically. This doesn't. It doesn't get. nothing stops it from being done programmatically. So if you want to really analyze a building and and talk about it, uh, so let me show you something which did use the uh, classification system. Uh, I have to open it here. And if, again, this is, uh, if you see, it's not a fully designed building, the outside elements and all suggest and sunshades and all are not there. In fact, I don't think I've gone around really placed windows also, and yet I can, it has enough intelligence for it to, uh, to run, uh, the uh, runner, the scripting engine inside. It's called Adela, architectural design language. It is based on prolog. And using that, I can actually do a full BMC analysis and say that these are the areas and carpet areas and built up areas and the kind of quantities which which emerge and, and it is being done even though the building is partial. Okay. Mm-hmm. The building is partial. That's amazing.
0: I'm I'm wondering, like, uh, for example, I, uh, this also reminded me of topologic software. I'm not sure, sure if you're aware. Yeah, but...
1: yeah, yeah, There is a software. Uh, this thing, I, I, this in the OS Arch community. There is one topologic which is there, but I am not uh, uh, in that line, that way of looking at it. I I am very very trepidatious as far as programming is concerned, because if we if we end up wanting to bring in a lot of uh, Uh, complex data structures and all that of course at this stage of my life i have enough expertise to do all that and bring in but i'm very very careful about how do i preserve the simplicity of the internal ingredients it's like saying that if i have 26 alphabets to represent english okay Mm -hmm. i'm going to fight with myself tooth and nail before i bring in the 27th alphabet I would first uh, try to reduce the twenty-six alphabets to twenty-five alphabets. You know, if you were to understand the metaphor which I am trying to say. Yep. So, when you are talking about a complex beast, as, and mind you, this is not just about the building; hmm. it is about the process which leads to the building, also, right? So right. that's why when you talk about uh, uh, designing, this is what happened at the end of a of the process of designing. It didn't start like this. it didn't you know, drop in like manna from heaven and then ended up as a building (laughs) over there, right? It it came up with a lot of uh, trials and tribulations that should I make this year? So I have things like, which is logically absurd, right? I mean, this sunshade is now intersecting this particular wall. But I need to let that architect decide whether it, It needs to be imbalanced like this. That's the whole idea of Mm -hmm. the whole process, right? If I sit down and say, oh, you know, this is not topologically right. Right now, it is not topologically right. At this stage, what you see here, you are talking about intersecting volumes. And intersecting volumes don't happen in the the real world. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to go around cleaning it up right now and put in some automation to get that topology right. Okay, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's right because finally the answer is with the architect to sit down and, and figure out what is there. You know, I am completely against uh, uh, a lot of automated, uh, you know, shape generations and form generations and and things like that. In fact, in that uh, once upon a time, I had a I, I'll show you that particular project. I removed that uh, routine from it, but I can. I think I still have that project. Uh, which is uh, which one is this? Uh, this not this. And here's complex. a project where i, ha- I was doing this uh, in a very complex kind of uh, mm-hmm. all these projects are uh, sample files are there when you uh, install tad mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to show you that not diamond palace One minute, I have to see it in a little bigger Mm -hmm. size. Yeah, this one. So what had happened is that i had this odd plot mm-hmm. okay and, and i and i developed a routine which automated the placement of this this uh, multi-story buildings here if you see it in 3d uh, uh, and what it did is that it said okay the, here is uh, the weird plot of land and i want to now go around constructing this uh, i mean placing these buildings over there okay and so, I developed a routine which actually went around examining, and by trial and error, it went on. It was like a nice animated movie, you know. And you'll see mm-hmm. these blocks actually moving around very cleverly and going around figuring out okay, you know, it's almost like it had a life of its own to figure out where it would be placed so that the, the, uh, the setbacks and all which is needed by the municipality is respected. Then I started saying that, is that the axis on which you take a decision for placing your buildings? Just because the municipality gave you a particular set of setbacks? Is that you you, you freak out with a generative design because you can freak out with generative design? You know, a lot of software de- designing, uh, not just in architecture, is done as if like they said about mountaineering. You know, why did the mountaineer climb the mountain? I think a famous mountaineer was asked this question and he simply said, because it's there and mm. a lot of software writing is written oh why did you write this routine because it's possible for me to write that routine yeah <laughs> and <laughs> i'm saying that why for what joy like so when when you when i uh, when i hear about you know i mean i mean uh, the work on topo- topology and all those things are pretty elegant and come from a lot of nice research But to give so much automation on cleaning up the thing and getting into the design as quickly as possible, I don't think that is the right approach. The human understanding of that young couple sitting in front of me and arguing is a very important parameter to be also considered. So if I sit down and say that, okay, I don't have any method to bring in just in time properties, which comes just in time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I invented a term called just-in-time modeling. A l- lot of models are 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 uh, half done. That is a reality of architectural design. You can't mm-hmm. sit down and say, oh, you know, I I know every little parameter which needs to be considered. I know the sun rays. I know the I know the wind speed, and I know this. I no, you don't. I'm sorry. There's a situation where you need what uh, Herbert Simon said. You need a satisfying solution not a satisfying Mm -hmm. solution and for that you need indifferent ingredients but architecture finally is not going to be indifferent you have to take certain positions on that and that can only be done when you when your tool does not dictate to you what is the position you should take i see i hope that is the yeah yeah I, I so that's thinking, why many like, people find it a little crude you know they say that where is the automation for this how come this is an ai software and the reason why it is an ai software is because of things like this you know sorry in this it will not do because it's uh, that the uh, setting up of the data is not right the, the one which i showed you earlier like hmm. right
0: so i i see a like point uh like an, a lot of times like even like we do energy analysis based on plug and like we don't know the underlying like optimization and we just because it can do optimization, yeah, we yeah, run bunch yeah. of parameters, but like, we use the human logic. Why don't we filter yeah. out good I mean, solutions? There are times, first there
1: are, yeah, there are times when you design a really smart and really nice building, even though it may not be that perfect uh, uh, climatically suited solution. Because it's a, there are multiple things which is catching the 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 need of the the requirements for that piece of architecture So it's not just that you have to get that absolutely right the climatic uh, data because there are other considerations which comes into the play and if you start putting one thing after the other as that also i'll automate it and that also i'll bring in with machine learning and that also bring in with that you are just loading it up with so much amount of unnecessary fluff that finally, yep. when the data finally emerges, you are talking about a completely un, un, un- unravelable mess of things. When the time comes, you know, when there is an issue which needs to be analyzed,
0: yeah, you it's know, already of, complex enough. Why yeah, are we adding more but, things?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just adding a lot of stuff into the whole thing because on the guys of guy uh, guys uh, of you know this needs to be really optimized. For some reason, there is a feeling that an architect really is struggling to work out shapes. I mean, I have this, you know, face slap moment. I mean, I, I can suspend most architects upside down from a coconut tree and they will be able to visualize with a mark on the sand, you know. And here there are software trying to claim that they can do a better job of visualizing uh, uh Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. and architects can't do that like i mean that's crazy like i mean that's we we can we eat drink sleep uh, understanding spaces and forms and shapes and everything and you are sitting down and saying that i'm going to give you some methods to really sit down and give you this uh these shapes now here is one uh, church which i designed where these things are actually parametrized so it's not that it doesn't have parametric this thing like if mm-hmm. you see the hyperbolic paraboloid of this uh, you will know, understand that this hyperbolic parabola which you see in this is actually was not actually modeled here you see only the one of the elevation but the way the height changes for this hyperbolic paraboloid elements are actually parametrized so it's not that you cannot do anything with, but i don't want to do overkill of things just because you can do it. You know?
0: Like so, there should be purpose.
1: Yeah, there has to be a reason, right? I mean, <laughs> even if the reason is purely aesthetic is also a reason enough. I mean to say that, that 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 should not be but I've seen so much frivolous use of generative geometry where people have not even figured why on earth they need that. You know? Just because yep. Grasshopper allowed it to do that, you did it. Yeah. And then you have created a set of huge set of problem for the maintenance team for the next thirty years, who has to clamber on okay. all those weird shapes and then clean up all the crevices in between the that various lattice work which you happen to uh, lovingly create on Rhino or whatever. The thing is, you know, you can't take a uh, take a, a software which was meant for small little bottles and and products and things like that and blow it up and say that it is now a, a, available, f- possible for even buildings to do that. I mean, you're going to set into motion a lot of anguish in a lot of poor people who are going to construct that building and maintain it later mm-hmm. and, and then live with that. And if there's, God forbid, if there's a fire over there and then you need to model in back and say, okay, what happened? Where will the people run f- through this uh, the spaces over there in the meantime you have cluttered it with so much amount of data of all the built material over there you have no hope in hell to really si- do any simulation of the spaces there
0: yeah like I-, I wanted to know your thought like so for example like uh, looks like uh, when we like uh, architects design like they want something to stand out for their design and like with technology and grasshopper like it gave a really good proxy like If I do some slider, oh, it makes look, and I I can post on Instagram. Like people will like are cool software. Yeah, yeah.
1: There there was a very sharp comment with with, which somebody made, not an architect, and he said that uh, you know architects don't realize it, but a lot of architects are actually (laughs) designers.
2: That's,
1: that's true. <laughs> we are not designing for real people around us. And we are sitting down and trying to win brownie points with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. for what joy? Like, I and mean, you know, the thing which really bothers me, and it's a very simple question I don't want my great granddaughter to be embarrassed by whatever I've done. Mm-hmm.
2: You know?
1: And in one sense, I've kind of suspended my practice for the last few years because of it really bothers me i'll say i'll make some fancy buildings because i've got some fancy software including mine if i consider that to be fancy and say that, oh you know what i i solved everything and paul Vergis keeps uh, uh, thinking that i'm trying to look for a very rigid uh, methodology for For architectural design, I am not doing anything of that sort. I am talking about very simple things. I am saying that let the expressible things be expressible. Let the thing Mm -hmm. which is not expressible still be there. It's it's this uh, thing which uh, Richard Feynman, in his wonderful interview, you should see it on YouTube. He calls it the the smell of scent of a rose. You know, he's holding up an imaginary flower and somebody saying, oh, you physicists, you don't know anything about aesthetics and duty or anything like that. And he said, come on, like, I mean, if, if I hold a flower in my hand, I mean, the aesthetics of it is equally available to me as much as to anybody else but if i were to analyze that particular flower and figure out what are the cell structures inside and how to represent that and what all things happens between the cells and whether can that particular at the molecular level can it dictate color and will that attract uh, uh, the bees and that that sets off another set of questions about aesthetics and all that that's an amazing set of things to be examined right Mm -hmm. so in short, when you talk about a building and a when I talk about stuff to be represented in in this format, I'm not trying to say that, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, stand like a Lord Moses with my my uh, Ten Commandments and say that here are the ways by which you should design. You can design anything that you want, but whatever you design, I, I want to objectively analyze later on. Uh, so for me to take it from on my terms and understand my terms, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot yeah. of architecture should not be excuse on the layer of feelings. You know, Correct. if I say that I, I have these feelings about this building, and that is what I'm going to now transmit to others. Hello, let the other guy f- figure out his own feelings. No, <laughs> I see. Everybody has got a right to figure out what feelings he or she wants. So, in hmm. that, that uh, very, very unnecessary intellectualization, the real debate of talking about simple things like quantities and costs and, okay, let me figure out what happens if there's a fire here. You know, I came up with this uh, form because the, that, that church committee did not have money. And so I had to figure out what is the best way to, to reduce the cost. This These hyperbolic parabolites are only three and a half inch thick. So the amount of concrete work which went into it is very, very li- little. Like, for the same mm-hmm. amount of uh, uh, space with it shaded, like, so there, are, there has to be multiple reasons why a particular design has to become. So basically, the thing is, let the objective reality of my design process and the product be available for objective reasons. The okay. subjective things will always continue.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: not going to claim that because I used TAD, I became a great architect. I am nowhere under no stretch of imagination I've become any really meaningful architect. I've been trying to figure out my set of tools and I'm cleaning up that, that part of the story and the linguistic part of the story and, and I'm telling people that, okay, let's start the debate here. You may not agree with me. Fine. No problem. I'm not saying that this is the panacea which everybody's looking for, but don't argue vacuously. Mm-hmm. Don't argue vacuously. I've opened up a set of very fundamental questions. And that is the reason why I came up with you know, atoms, envelopes and connectors and this fractal system uh, and the way the linguistics uh, are being constructed. And I have very good reasons why I don't want to get into automation so directly. Makes sense. Okay. And so you first come to that level of, of uh, debate. And offer at an alternative otherwise it'll all become very very intellectualized discussions that's all what it will become
0: yeah and like so i i think like um, yeah we could <laughs> go on and on and so yeah, I, i'll yeah. wrap up the interview with uh like uh so one one big question and uh one uh rapid fire so one is like um few things uh which uh you want to do with ted and your vision for next three years, like w- ideally, if all the things are working out, what would you like to proceed and like revolutionize the industry?
1: Okay, so TAD is now is got a very nice way by which uh, it can go into uh, uh, architecting even the what I call this as the as the huddle ends on the internet. So mm-hmm. it's not just the spaces of the real world which you can talk about and model in in this. So last. Seven, eight years, more than that, uh, from 2012 onwards, um, uh, ten years now. I've been uh, working out the theories behind a concept known as huddle den. So, huddle den is a core concept in architecture where we—it's a portmanteau word between huddle and den. So, we are a huddle of people who huddle together in various dens, various spaces, mm-hmm. and co- architectural context. So I am recreating that, which can then be utilized either as regular buildings or it can be used as what is nowadays popularly known as metaverses. When metaverse, I was explaining yeah. what huddleden was, people <laughs> didn't understand what the hell so said. Now, thankfully, <laughs> the word metaverses come in. So I say, okay, it is something like metaverse. I mean, metaverse is another completely different distraction and, yeah, and yeah. Unnecessary, unnecessary complications which people get into. But huddledon is is a very elegant simple concept and that is moving into that and so it can actually bridge very nicely between uh, real world ways of working with the spaces in the real world and then you have sp- spaces working on the internet and without getting into the glamour and glitz of you know uh virtual reality and augmented which is all rubbish uh, i mean that was one of the first uh, uh, uh Software which had VI I still have the export for VRML, and and I got so disgusted with the underlying concept. Again, it it was faddishness, and again, understanding, you know, virtual reality has got a biological limit. You, you the kind of uh, we have in our middle year is not going to be suddenly uh, in sync with whatever the fancy things which you're going to put into your goggles, like you're going to start puking. It's as simple as that because your the, the vision coming into your virtual reality glasses is going to be is telling you that your visual context is in one situation, but your middle ears are telling you something else. And you can't go and put a screwdriver in the middle ear and keep tightening that as you keep mm-hmm. <laughs> watching that VR. So all these esoteric ways of looking at it is all phenomenally faddish and kiddish actually. And we uh, we have to respect that the fact that we have a 2D monitor. It's as simple as that. It's as banal as that. Like, uh, okay. Uh, and we can rework it once you have a really 3D. I have a you know kind of a plexiglass kind of hologram monitor, which is actually a physical 3D thing. Then I'll say that yeah, we we can get into talk about 3D in that sense. But till that time of thing happens, we, we, this is all silly. Like, so it's just unnecessarily distracting and throwing. F- breadcrumbs of distraction into people who can be you uh, doing something a lot more meaningfully. so that is headed towards huddledons which is a lot more simpler to do that it's got an extensive programming capability It is you can actually all this logic and this uh, uh, fractal structures and all which i was talking about can be exported into practically all the languages which you want uh, uh, uh. so it's, it's got a feature which i don't think any software really has it is where you can talk about go, uh, exporting, including the, the internal data structures, not as an mm. external file. So it actually does code writing for you and, and, and sets up all the internal data structures for you to further program. So it's not like that you can just you know, extend it with some plugin and all. This is way more sophisticated than that so all this is what is happening uh, i'll have a complete ecological uh, system if you can call it an ecological system on the web where uh, there will be uh you know components which you can download directly into tad and things like that so there's a lot which is happening there there will be connections to iot devices okay. that's nice yeah all that is happening it's all getting tested I, it's yeah
0: i i and, like i'm i'm more amazed like uh with the software engineering like challenge you have like accomplished through this like like i could foresee like the back end this
1: is not a one day's work it is like literally the, this is uh, this has got a sometimes an a, a, a sprint cycle an agile sprint cycle of a day all right and there have been millions of days which has happened on this <laughs> with a lot of really serious architects working on this not just me that's incredible
0: so I I will do uh, a rapid fire around sure, sure, in, so you'll have 10 seconds to answer the question <laughs> okay and you you gotta keep it in three words like maximum or like couple of words I'll give that flexibility <laughs> okay. okay all right let's let's do this so which uh, city is in your travel bucket list
1: Somewhere in US.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, any technical or business book which made a big impact in your life?
1: Victor Papnik, Design for the Real World.
0: Uh, theory which you resonate the most? Fractals. <laughs> your hobbies?
1: I play the uh, guitar and a little bit of drums. And I sculpt and I paint and I write.
0: Anything which you wish you would have done differently?
1: Actually, nothing. Like, I, I, I can only be very practical. <laughs> okay.
0: Your favorite movie?
1: Story of Eddie Lech. Perform.
0: Richard, if you have any question, you can ask too. Okay. All good from my side, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I hope Richard I, I didn't disappoint you you were eagerly looking forward to this if i remember right you never disappoint me don't worry i am <laughs> looking at your all the lectures do not <laughs> <laughs> i i you know the problem with me is that i've never been corporatized i i started my practice when i was 25 years old so i never really learned to mince my words or you know <laughs> to 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 window dress it and 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 I sometimes people think that I don't listen carefully. And uh, partly that must have been true, I guess, but even when I do listen, people say I don't listen carefully. Like <laughs> most of the time people are wanting to have a validation of foot zone rather than actually listening to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ended up saying, okay, a what can I do? To ponder on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but like maybe next time if Mayur is doing any second sequel we can talk about, like, we did talk about the problems, but the solutions that can be really helpful for the future generation. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that a lot of my discussion today was to build up the case for some very glaring bad intellectualization going on in our field. Very, very terrible thing, which is creating major havoc you know, and this is not something which uh, i suddenly picked on because corona came at you know incurable tbk i've been talking about it for years i've been telling people that whatever it may be you have to deposit things in a meaningful manner right and and make sense of that right i mean that was the core question which started off with hafeez right why should a nice person and knowledgeable architect who are on doing shitty buildings like simple as that like <laughs> mm-hmm. so that means there is no real discussion going on
0: yeah i hope like like it, it was like a eye opening like session for me on the few aspect which i was taking for granted for sure and uh, as uh, like last question i have is like what is a piece of advice for young architecture technologist who wants to make an impact in the society with advancement in technology so, like, from very, your experience,
1: very, yeah, very, very healthy dose of skepticism. Don't start with datums given by somebody else, including me. You know, people start with a datum. You say, "Oh, oh, we have grasshopper." You know, we start with that, or we start with AutoCAD. Like, you know? I mean, they don't use the word AutoCAD. By the way, they say CAD. You know, it's <laughs> like CAD. Like, I mean, it's like as if they're born with CAD <laughs> in the. Month, like, you know? silver cad in the mouth like instead of a silver spoon in the mouth like. the same thing is what is happening with BIM people are it's actually called read about something known as the fallacy of unanimity mm-hmm. there's a serious intellectual fallacy called the fallacy of unanimity when everybody is sitting down and thinking that that is the way to go you have to sit down and say hey, something is wrong generically here <laughs> I see that's a way to look at it yeah the idea is Look to be critical before your deeds yeah, yeah be be very critical be critical about what i'm talking about but let's have equal conversations not that okay something on the table i have here and something up in the air is not a comparable way of debating
0: definitely like do research have valid points to criticize yeah, and i mean I, on the I, same i'm not period. here to
1: like i am definitely not here with moses with the tablets of, of you know this is a way to design I'm saying this is a way to represent design process you have another way to represent it be my guest but let's not say that oh let's not have any representation at all because you know we are architects you know we cannot have we're excluded from this kind of near mortal problems
0: (laughs) it's also like built in I don't know like in education like Uh, like people
1: are fantasized and like there's a big yeah. we we, we go around with very very floplistic I don't know what is the thing weird philosophies and and half understood terminologies and you know you know people talk talk about Jacques Derrida and all. I said okay let me read what the hell Jacques Derrida really really said and he said something useful also it's not that whatever he said was all rubbish but a lot of rubbish got built around this kind of stuff yeah narrative and made it actually more complex actually Jacques Derrida talked about things like de France and uh, and logocentrism and pretty useful stuff if you really go to the core of what it is I can actually talk about uh the concepts in tad using Jacques Derrida's concepts in linguistics and post-structural linguistics and things like that but but the thing is you know the we we kind of a lot of us are not not uh, so, that's the second thing which youngsters should do apart from skepticism is a lot of thoroughness in your research and detail.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of depth, Such you know. Nice. When, when sometimes when I talk to people, people think, Oh, he's he, I'm not from an academic institute, I didn't have in any in all my paper presentations. I sometimes ended up as an only practicing architect who's talking theoretical stuff. When I landed up in Frankfurt, I was the only practicing architect there. Everybody else was doing some PhD. You know? So people kind of think that, oh, you know, only the academicians can talk about academic stuff. And it's as we are saying, only the practitioners have to talk about practice. You know, That's crazy. Like I mean, Why this artificial classification? So Correct. the way sometimes, since I don't have this corpus language, people think that, you know, I'm not these kind of things. I go into crazy amount of depth of trying to understand what the heck it is all about before I try to simplify it and try to express it in my way. So that's the second thing which you have to do. Don't be a quack, please. It, it takes me 30 years to just come up with three terminologies, which is atoms, envelopes and connectors. And yep. I'm sticking to those terminologies. It's not something which I just said like this because I wanted to use some jargon somewhere, you know.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's not like this generation of Instagram trending or viral. Like it right, takes right, right. patience it's and right. like it yeah. takes a
1: lot of lot of self skepticism more than skeptics of others theories. I have to sit down and be skeptical about what the heck I am talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I just a, yeah,
1: yeah yeah go the,
0: ahead. No, like that's that's great insight and definitely great piece of advice. Uh, so my last question is like, who's your role model or any arcade like your favorite architect like you look forward to? Uh,
1: I think the world is, should should uh, should get over this need to have uh, models and you know I, <laughs> I I I'm not here to talk about Sabu Francis or or even what uh, what this particular model itself is. I'm talking about the underlying principles. So it's better to go for principles rather than for role models. And okay. there's a lot of very nice fundamental principles, very simple things. Like one is uh, understand critical thinking very deeply, understand logical fallacies very deeply, understand cognitive biases very deeply. You get these three things done. Uh, you don't need any heroes to sit down and emulate. You know, mm. we've done a lot of hero worship of a lot of things. You know, one of the biggest ironies and it's ve- quite a satire that you know you meet architects and they want to do sustainable. They're not going by the superficiality of things, and and we want to be very very clear about uh, being fair to the world, and and you know I don't want to be a male chauvinist, and I don't want to do uh, man speaking and whatnot and all that. But I want very really pretty looking pictures in my <laughs> buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you make a very dumb looking buildings which really perform really well, man, for oh, God's sake?
0: <laughs> there, are, there are also like uh, uh, the problem with the media, like architecture magazines, and like they focus more on like, oh, highest, tallest yeah, building. I mean, there's like,
1: so, much, there are... so much prevalence on the visual. That something visual should be the thing which should be captivating. And there's so much of trickery and magic of all the various permutation combinations of form generation and things like that. And the basic tenets of life is getting forgotten in the meantime. We just need like
0: interviews of like people in the space where, okay, even though it's a normal looking building, like people are happy, like that should get like viral or more million views.
1: Yeah, let let people's personal lives and their upliftment be the first priority, right? I mean, we are talking about, I'm staying in Navi Mumbai and now they're talking about some... some, uh, uh major uh, florida size uh piece of antarctica which may get cut loose from antarctica and all these places <laughs> up with water like <laughs> and on top of it we have a set of stupid buildings on that uh, are on our uh, so-called the palm beach mark with all, all these nice glass facades over there, all soaking in the sun because it's so cold here you know <laughs> uh-huh. it's crazy like so, so there's a lot to be done, you know. Instead of sitting down and 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 talking purely in terms of uh, of of just uh, aesthetics and and that too aesthetics, very narrowly defined aesthetics. I mean, why can't a nice smell be aesthetic? Why can't a nice sound be aesthetic? Why can't a nice set of soft textures be aesthetic? You know, why is it suddenly the shapes which comes up on the screen be aesthetic? <laughs> Yeah. so there's a lot of questions which needs to be done <laughs> anyway just, thank you so much thank you there's so much
0: i am very i'm very like uh fortunate that we had this session and like definitely we should I invite any
1: of you to join me anybody listening to this i i've been telling people uh, you come and talk to me i will open up my code i'll show you it's a lot of code it's more than three million lines of code though the, the Thing looks pretty raw, but it's actually a combination of three different programming languages which has gone into it. So there's a fair amount of effort which has gone into it. There's obviously a huge scope for improvement huge scope for complete replacement of that with something else, but it has to be on equal ground. Again, I'm reading it can't yeah. be intellectualized uh, debates. Like that's yeah. all. so everybody's welcome. We should, we should integrate uh, yeah.
0: this. Sorry,
1: I wanted to make this completely open so unfortunately i've used some i mean a lot of my code is in two legacy uh, software languages one is in prologue called visual prologue and they have now changed the version quite a lot it is no longer compatible so that that compiler itself is not available i requested Mm. the company that can you make an exception and give it to uh, the pro my programmers who would want to work on this so it really needs a lot of rewriting and that is going to take a huge amount of time otherwise i would have loved to make this completely open source yeah, it's it's there uh, uh, on the cards but uh, i i'm kind of uh, stuck i don't have funds for this i whatever funds i get i'm uh, the only reason i'm keeping this alive is this debate about linguistics in architecture it's a mind-bogglingly neglected and very serious debate uh and uh, and uh which paul is ha- and he's a friend of mine he's written that big note over there uh, and uh I- i'm trying to tell him it is not about that it is not about what i am talking about uh, that this yep. is just a vehicle to deliver this 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 debate to the people right yeah thank you so much it,
0: thank you so much uh... Thank you, And our opening sessions.
1: Yeah. Thank you. are you? See you around. Right now, I'm in Meerut, India. Oh, you're in India. Only. Okay, take care. yeah Thank Take you. care.
0: Bye. Bye.